Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hi everybody, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching, and I just wanted to get in and talk about, you know, parents reaching out to me, wanting to know more about why and, and what they can do to prevent suicidal thoughts and actions in their highly sensitive kid and before you know before it gets to that point for in their adolescence and I wanted to speak about that but also what leads to highly sensitive people struggle and how it stems in childhood so I want to get to that in in just a minute but first I want to talk about why you know what's going on what we're really talking about so a lot of parents, when we speak, we will we will start to understand that one of your biggest fears and, and the conclusions that you're drawing related to your child's intense meltdowns is that your child will not grow out of it. And recognizing that based on, you know, especially if you've been following me, based on the, the facts that daily meltdowns is evidence that your child is overwhelmed, is evidence that, that your child is likely developing some sort of mental health disorder and or likely developing a significant dependency on overwhelm and not able to break a cycle. And so your child will hold it all in until they release and explode. And so there's that cycle of the meltdown that helps them feel a little bit better, but it doesn't actually solve the problem. And so that obviously is compounded by the fact that if you're using punishments or any other sort of parenting that doesn't fit properly with how a highly sensitive child needs to under- be understood in the world, then it compounds the issue and, and it perpetuates the cycle of the meltdowns. So I'm not going to get into that today. What we really want to do is talk about what leads to your biggest concerns, which is that your child will not be able to manage their own emotions in an effective way for the long term. So that obviously impacts their ability to become emotionally independent, become financially independent, hold down a job, you know, go to college if you want your child to do that, if you want your child to have that opportunity, if they choose so. Um, And so I really want to talk about what drives sensitive adults towards struggle where it stems in childhood and what you can do to as a parent to fix it and to to avoid that struggle. So 50% of the people who end up in therapy who are struggling significantly with either depression or anxiety or risky behaviors are highly sensitive people. But highly sensitive people make up 20% of the human population. So there's a clear differentiation, you know, a clear disconnect between how highly sensitive people are managing their emotions and how society is understanding them. And that level of invalidation and uh, perception and, and, and feeling of, of being incapable in of managing their own emotions leads them to want to seek professional help. Now, 
I'm not here to say that seeking professional help is not appropriate because you know, I'm a therapist. So of course, we want people to seek therapy when they need it. And it's also true that if you're a parent and you're here, you want your child to grow up without the need to or without ha without having to develop a mental health disorder, right? I mean, we all want that for our kids. So here's why we're, we're talking about that. Because when we think about what the research says about how highly sensitive children develop in this world today as society teaches us about emotions in effective or ineffective ways, highly sensitive children have a higher likelihood of developing a mental health disorder and you know needing to go to therapy. So what we want to do is understand why that is, where that comes from. And so what I want to talk about are the four categories of forceful parenting and what that means and why that drives a highly sensitive child to develop and even greater explosive behavior in their adolescence. And then um, if not in adolescence, then towards towards adulthood. And so what, by explosive behavior, I don't necessarily mean that they need to be aggressive or violent, but that their meltdowns perpetuate or continue or start to um, start to perpetuate beyond and into a, into adulthood. And that leads to them for them to struggle, not being able to hold down their job, not be able to, to launch. We see a fair amount of highly sensitive people stretching out their need to launch from their parents' household um, because of the difficulty in managing their big, deep emotions in healthy and effective ways. And so it's important to recognize that I'm not saying that having big, deep emotions is unhealthy. What I am saying is that before adulthood, your child does need to learn how to manage their emotions so that they are not um, held back in their goals and aspirations because that just perpetuates the struggle. You know, shame is... Um, perpetuated by comparing yourself to someone else. And if you see your peers, you know, if you're 18, 19, 20, you see your peers being able to land jobs or go to college, and you're not able to do that, then the shame cycle perpetuates. And so it, it, it can spiral into depression when you, when you don't feel capable of managing your own emotions, or you don't feel capable of reaching your own goals. Um, incapability, helplessness leads to depression. So um, you know, a perception of incapability and, and, and experience of helplessness leads to depression, which then leads to hopelessness, which then leads to suicidal thoughts. So we really want to obviously understand this so that you can prevent this for your child. And so I want to understand and, and help you understand that there are, there are four types of forceful parenting. And it's not just what, you know, what I what I speak about often, which is, you know, what I've been speaking about specifically over the last week or so, which is corporal punishment. So obviously, you know, grabbing your kid, you know, spanking them or inflicting physical pain in order to get them to do what you want is forceful. It's aggressive and it's not effective. But I've spoken about that multiple times and, and that's not the focus of today's conversation. What I want to talk about are the other three. Now, the third, the second one is rejection or shame-based parenting. So when you reject your child, you send them to the room to manage their own emotions, or you send them to time out to get it together before you're willing to talk to them, or you tell them that what they're doing is not effective. And, and um, you know, even if you're saying something like, um, you're not a bad kid, you've just made bad choices, that is rejecting your child. Your child is not able to emotionally separate themselves from their own behavior. And so those that type of language is shame-inducing and is shame-based parenting. Um, and so it's important for you to understand that highly sensitive children who have a higher propensity to shame do not respond well to shame-based parenting because it just spirals them. And so it perpetuates that meltdown cycle. 
And so they feel like they're not enough and they experience the need to hide their emotions and that just leads to explosions. So the next thing that I want to talk about is invalidation. And this might look like suck it up parenting. So it might not necessarily be that you are saying something to your child like, um, uh, you know, I can't manage it, you know, go handle it by yourself and we'll, and we'll talk about it later. But, you know, go to your room and, and having your child stay in their room until their meltdown is over and, and treating it like a behavior that needs to stop. Um, but I also want to talk about the concept and the understanding of invalidation. Now, a lot of parents will not understand the, the gravity of the situation that an invalidating environment at home can have on a highly sensitive child. Invalidation is saying things like, don't worry, or saying things like, it's going to be okay. That's reassurance. And this is our, you know, human nature to do. So I really want to educate you that focusing on reassurance is actually invalidating because what it does is it teaches your child that they can't manage their own emotions and that you know how or know better than what they're experiencing. And when you do that, you're telling your child to not trust their gut. And that is invalidation. You don't understand how you feel. I know how you feel. So you need to feel how I sp I'm telling you how to feel. It's going to be okay. So when we perpetuate and, and our go-to parenting strategy is to say things like it's going to be okay, don't worry, we'll figure this out, um, but from a place of I know better and I can help you and, and I'm going to give you all the solutions. This is fix-it parenting, like let's you know solve the problem and it'll be okay. It It, it is on the same plane as sucking up parenting, you know, move on, it's not that big of a deal. And let's keep it moving. And so it's important for you to understand that even though your intention might not be as dismissive as suck it up parenting, it is still very invalidating to focus on, um, uh, on telling your child that everything's going to be okay because highly sensitive children don't feel okay inside. And so when that happens, they don't believe you, but they what they do believe instead is that you need to feel better and they take that as I'm a burden to my parent and so I shouldn't tell my parent what I feel because it's too much for them they can't handle it your child is highly intuitive as a highly sensitive kid and so they're going to read your discomfort on your face or in your body language and when that happens your sensitive kid will start to believe and, and understand and perceive that you can't help them manage their own emotion because you don't understand it so it's not necessarily that they feel um, uh, necessarily physically unsafe with, with you, but it is very possible that they feel emotionally unsafe. So I really want to get clear about this because there's a fair amount of highly sensitive adult coaches, people who work with directly with highly sensitive adults about their own emotional um, capacity and, and managing their own emotional capacity, who teach about the concept of childhood emotional neglect. So I want to dive into that today because childhood emotional neglect, uh, CEN for short, is the, the frequent invalidation of a child's experience. And so if a parent doesn't understand how deep a child's feelings are, it can ex be experienced as neglectful. And so when we think about the definition of neglect, it is, you know, I, I, I'm not going to acknowledge or, or, or address your concerns because 
I don't think they're needed or because I have something else that's a priority. So at its core, we think of, you know, children who have been victims of neglect, um, you know, from, from a you know, child protective services definition, that's children who are just not fed and, and who are not taken care of, bathed, you know, clothed appropriately. And, and what's important to understand is that emotions can be neglected in your home, even if you, if you mean well for your child. And so that's very important to get clear that you need to turn that around and then start to validate your child because if your child is not feeling validated, they will grow up to feel emo grow up feeling emotionally neglected and start to wonder as adults and, and so many of you are highly sensitive adults and and are wondering you know why your parents didn't quite understand where you were coming from and, and you might have stumbled upon that under that uh, concept of childhood emotional neglect and it it's very possible that you um, that it, it led to a fair amount of light bulbs as to why you invalidate yourself as an adult um, and so that's very important to understand that mismatched parenting is a very clear cause of suicidal thoughts in teenagers and adults when they are also biologically sensitive. So the combination of a mismatched parent, which is an invalidating environment, and a um, you know, sensitive nervous system, biologically sensitive, when those two things collide and your child's not able to learn skills that are appropriate, it, your child is more likely to develop suicidal behaviors and suicidal thoughts and self-harmful behaviors and other risky behaviors like promiscuity and um, aggression that perpetuates through adolescence and continues into adulthood for some um, if mental health services are not um, appropriate and or effective at solving that problem. So what we know to be true is that that, that leads to a, a personality disorder diagnosis that typically falls along the lines of borderline personality disorder. And um, so watch my, um, my video on, on diagnosis and personality to learn more about that and where highly sensitive people can develop that personality disorder and how it can be much, much more difficult for your child as a highly sensitive child to thrive in the world once they develop the symptoms of a personality uh, like person borderline personality disorder. So I want to you know, ensure that we cover all four. The last part of, of forceful parenting is actually on the other end. Um, and this is enabling. It is, this is the, the other side of the spectrum when you are trying to, instead of telling your child to suck it up, it's saying, oh, wow, your feelings are so big that you can't tolerate them and therefore you must get what you want in that moment. Now, as parents, it's our job to understand what our child can and cannot handle in the moment. And so what that means is that our child is going to need us to be their rock and their safety net and understand where to draw, draw effective limits. And so if we are frequently giving into our child's requests, and again, um, if you're dealing with daily meltdowns, you can, it's easy, it's very um, easy to, to look at over time how you are giving in just to avoid a meltdown because at that point you're in survival mode and so you're triaging your kids intense emotions but without any rhyme or reason and so when that happens and, and you're and you figure out and, and notice that you're starting to enable your child's intense emotions but you don't know how to balance their sensitivity with setting effective limits then that breeds resentment it either breeds resentment in your marriage if you're if you're married or, or co-parenting in your co-parenting relationship or it breeds resentment towards your child 
And when those things happen, then you become forceful. So you swing on the other end of the spectrum and then you say, you know what, get, get it together. I'm done with this. I'm over it. No more. And then you set limits in a forceful way. And so the, the pendulum swings. So when we understand those four components of forceful parenting and, and, and see where you may or may not be sitting in that spectrum, it's important to take action at this point and to understand where you fall and what works. So I would encourage you guys to watch the masterclass. And if you haven't already done so, definitely learn more about what works for parenting highly sensitive kids. There's five steps that you need to follow. And, and it's very clear that there are certain aspects of what we discussed that may or may not apply for your family. But when you look at the big picture, if you're combining many of them, then your child is likely to struggle through adolescence and, and adulthood. And and when that happens, you're going to continue to focus on how to get your child to move on and, and take responsibility from the, for themselves. But at that point, it will be much harder given how old they are. So I would encourage you to continue to educate yourselves and go ahead and watch that masterclass. If it's something that you've already done and, and you're focused on changing this now because this is no longer tolerable for you in your household and you're looking at figuring out how to eliminate daily meltdowns and, and eliminate that possibility for your child so that your child can thrive in adolescence and thrive in their adulthood, that I would encourage you to book a call. We'll talk about where you're struggling, where you want to go, and what's the best route for you to take and whether or not I can help you. We'll talk about that if that's relevant. And if it's not, then I'll steer you in the direction of what would be most effective for your family at that time. Okay. All right. Have a good day and I will talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in hearing more about how to eliminate the meltdown cycle, I invite you to check out our free masterclass where we cover the five steps our clients use to eliminate the daily meltdowns. You can register for the next training at meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. That's the number five S-T-E-P-S meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. Have a great day.